0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, but before I jump into that, if you guys like the content I'm putting out, you know, the people I'm interviewing, uh, you know, please leave uh, leave a like, uh, subscribe and leave a review. It helps out a ton with the podcast and also the people that are coming on the show. Um, If you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that helps out a ton as well. So without further ado, today's guest is John Costa. So he's actually in his second year of university at Toronto's Rotterman Commerce Programme. He's actually aspiring for a career in finance or management consulting after graduation. It's great having you on the show, John.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Max.
0: Awesome, awesome. So why don't we jump into um, a bit of a, you know, going into your background, uh, you know, like I was talking previously before we jumped on to the, you know, jumped live onto the podcast was that I was wanting to maximize, uh, I wanted to talk about how, you know, students, um, university students, college students can maximize their time at university, right? Get the most out of it. Uh, So when they get their job, you know, it puts them in the... Uh, well yeah when they're going to get their job it puts them in the best position to actually you know win that interview or maybe you know start as a you know get onto a startup or or whatever that nature is right so why don't we jump into a bit of a, a background so for people that maybe don't know who you are
1: for sure um so as you mentioned i'm john costa i'm in my second year now at uft specializing in finance and economics at the Urban commerce program a bit about my background i'm originally from lisbon portugal i was born there lived there for a few years then moved to brussels belgium and completed my high school in Ottawa. So I've been a bit all over the place. Um, and I think that really set me up in the right foot going into university, that adaptability, getting to meet people with different cultures, different ways of thinking, um, I think allowed me to open up my perspectives. And yeah, that's that contributed towards where I am today.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. So, okay, so so pretty much you you, you, were, you said you were born in Portugal?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Okay, okay, awesome, then you immigrated, came to Canada. Okay, awesome. So. Um, pretty much when do you think that sort of started was, um, you know, that interest in business and like, did you have that from a young age being like, you know, six or seven, like, were you entrepreneurial, uh, or were you always sort of thinking about, Hey, you know, I want to start a a business in something. Uh, what, where do you think that sort of came from?
1: Yeah. I always had an idea. I would be interested in pursuing something that I'd be able to be my own boss and have control over the tangible results and really, hone in to my skills and leverage that um, when working and business, you know, um, came up to be the the right thing because I have that flexibility and the opportunity to decide what I do. Um, But it actually sparked and further ignited in high school as part of the JA program, which is junior achievement. Um, There I founded a company like small startups, kind of an incubator program with a few mentors in Ottawa. They're all entrepreneurs and business development associates And having their expertise when it comes to developing our companies really showed me and um, showed me the different opportunities that there would be if I did pursue business further down the road and having them as mentors uh, enabled me to start LinkedIn at a young age to know the different business programs at a young age. And that all led me towards the business route.
0: Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, let's actually talk about LinkedIn quickly. Um, so yeah, you, you've been active on LinkedIn for I think like two years now, uh, if that's correct. And you've been able to grow your LinkedIn presence, you know, from zero to you know I think you have like seven, like over seven thousand uh, connections, uh, which is amazing. Uh, but what, what sort of like was there somebody that you sort of networked with that was like, hey, you know, you got to jump on this, you know, platform. It's going to be really good for business. Or, or was it so you just came across it on the internet and you're just like, what's this? And like this seems interesting and sort of just started. Like how how did that sort of
1: start for you? Yeah, that's a good question. It's was a bit of both. Um, I've always known about LinkedIn from a young age, uh, even back in Portugal. Um, when I was in middle school, I knew of it. I never really thought I'd get it because I always thought of it as something for executives, maybe 10 years down the road. Uh, but only once I did join Junior Achievement, I realized that um, why why not get it? The sooner the better. Um, reach out, build a professional network uh, early. And having those mentor, the mentors, as I mentioned earlier, they also led me through that path. They showed me that I should create an account that should connect with people. So that's why towards the end of grade 11, start of grade 12, I did create a LinkedIn account. Um, and since there, since then it's been thriving, <laughs> mainly due to other involvements I'm in. So I kind of share some ideas um, and connect with people, go on coffee chats. It's part of the, the mantra for business students.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's amazing. And that's one thing that um, I want to talk about a bit is like the networking aspect of it. And you've been like maximizing that to like the full potential, right. Of like, you know, I've seen some of the comments from other executives and CEOs that have actually commented on your, uh, some of your posts. Right. Um, and sort of, you know, like what, what they've said and like about your LinkedIn, like one guy was saying like, you know, this guy, <laughs> this guy's got a great LinkedIn game for being like, you know, so young. Um But yeah, for for somebody who's maybe listening about this and they're like, yeah, I've been thinking about getting on LinkedIn, but I don't know what to post. I don't know what to you know, like I'm in my, you know, let's say last year of high school or second last year of high school or first year university. And they're like, I really don't like what, like they might be thinking like, Oh, I haven't even started a job. Like, what am I going to post? What do people want to hear about what I'm, what I'm doing? And I know what you're doing is you're sort of, you've tailored your LinkedIn. I I don't know if this is correct, but this is just what I've sort of seen is more to, um, university students, right. Networking amongst university students. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're explaining like a little bit about what you're doing. You know, you go on to a lot of, um, I see you go on to like a lot of debates and like, What would it be? It would be like like, uh, programs or something. So, like uh, at at universities, right? uh, Competitions. I don't know why I was tripping up on that word. (laughs) But competitions. Yeah. So, I I see that you go on a a lot of uh, competitions and you post about it, right? And you post about what happens. So, uh, is there any sort of perspective that you can give about, you know, let's say somebody who's, you know, 20 years old? um, or 19 years old and how they can actually start using, uh, LinkedIn to their, uh, you know, benefit.
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, no pressure. I think when you start LinkedIn, um, you don't have to connect with the CEOs. You don't have to connect and build a big network right off the bat. I think knowing what you're going to do with LinkedIn is the most important step at the start. Um, knowing what your end goal is with it, don't create it for the sake of it. Um, I think, If you have a goal in mind, whether that be connecting with upper years, connecting with alumni uh, and exploring different career paths, then follow that route when creating LinkedIn. Um, And it's totally fine if you also don't have any professional experience. I didn't when I opened my LinkedIn. I had volunteering, I had that junior achievement program, and I put that on LinkedIn, which is perfectly normal. Um, They don't expect you to have a lot of experience uh, when you're 19, maybe even 20. So I think the sooner you start, like I said, the better. And part of it is also to grow and develop yourself personally and professionally. So that's something that you learn, um, along, you know, along the time you have LinkedIn.
0: Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, those are some good points. Yeah. Starting off that just like put, put, put down whatever you've done, right? Like, like if you worked at, let's say Walmart or you've worked at a restaurant or anything like that, just, you know, you can show that and, or maybe you've done volunteer or anything like that, put that down. Cause that's, uh, you know, like, like you're saying, it's not like, you know, the like let's say if an executive comes over your program they're they're not like i mean onto your profile uh they're not going to expect you to be like oh yeah i've been running you know uh, i was ceo of a business for six years right. now and now i've made a transition into you know private equity or something at like 19 years old uh so yeah putting down anything you have and just showing like um i don't know do, do you follow gary v at all
1: gary Vee, yes yeah the, yeah the grind Yeah. Uh, influencer yeah
0: yeah Yeah. So, so so I love Gary V from his perspective of, uh, he has really good advice in that just documenting your process, right? Like people are interested to hear what you're doing. Like, if you're posting about like a core, like why you chose your course or, and like, what have you experienced in your course? There's somebody who's in grade 12 that is actually actively looking for that information. And if you can be that source, they'll, you know, they'll follow you, they'll follow your information. They might actually reach out to you. And the plus of that is that might actually be somebody that you partner on a business. Um, or maybe, you know, their network helps you with securing a job at, you know, uh, a firm or any, uh, you know, maybe another location. Right. So now I want to jump to, um, so at high school, you said you were in the Junior Achievements program. Uh, was there anything else that you were doing that was, uh, like, you are you're were in high school in uh, Canada, correct?
1: Yes, in Ottawa. And so in I Ottawa. did the Ontario uh, OCDSP the program. Okay. Um, yeah, so in terms of extracurriculars, so I, I came to Canada when I was 11. Um, and so I did only two years in high school here. And essentially, when I first put foot, I was like, okay, I'm going to join clubs. I'm going to get involved. And so Junior Achievement was probably the easiest step, uh, stepping stone because there was already a program implemented in our high school. But then I realized there's so much to do outside of um, the, the school's you know, limitations. So that's why uh, I took on the case competition at Carleton University, I placed first. We were around 200 high school students um, in Canada. And so that showed me like, oh, I do have potential, I can go into business. Um, and that further led me to Uh, also compete nationally um, at Skills Ontario job interview competition in Toronto. So I actually went to Toronto in grade 12. I placed third, Um, didn't make it to nationals in Halifax. But again, it came to show that um, pursuing a career in business would be of interest to me. And finally, I also joined Illuminate Universe, which is a non-for-profit education uh, program. And essentially, I would help host the National High School Business Conference at Deloitte's offices in Ottawa and there I met to like partners, I got to know what the culture is like, and that also like led me towards uh, pursuing a career in business.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome, yeah, and, and the interesting thing too is like, like I know when I was in high school, um, I wasn't really like, I, I knew that there was teams and like teams of that nature, like, and there was more focused like around, like for, for me anyway, it was more focused around sports. Like I, I knew that there's lots of sports teams and stuff like that, that you could join, but there's this whole other Avenue that probably people maybe don't know about is in the business area with like all these competitions that you were talking about, uh, which is probably really fun to do is, you know, partnering with a few friends and, you know, going off and, you know, trying to win these competitions must be like really exciting, really fun. It's like the same as playing sports, right. But it's just in a different aspect of business. Um, and I think that's going to actually, the, the business aspect is going to help you later on down the road with, you know, university and then getting a job or let's say if you decide to start your own business. Yeah. Um,
1: but, but Max, so- you mentioned a, a good point and that is sports. I think being in high school, it's important to be as well-rounded as you possibly can. So don't limit yourself to uh, whether it's just sports involvement or business. I think having the best of both worlds is definitely benef- beneficial um, going into university because, you know, that's part of your development when you're in high school. So definitely don't feel intimidated by joining all of these clubs and uh, participating in competitions. It's great to explore them, but uh, it's not, you know, a deal breaker if you don't do it. Um, but I think getting that exposure early on is important, but don't let it sacrifice other involvements like sports, as you mentioned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a good point to clarify with that is like not going, not going to, like you can go too heavy or, or whatever you sort of decide, but yeah, like you were saying, it's better to actually be well-rounded Um, at a younger age because you're going to get more experience and more uh, of different things. You're going to be able to taste more and sort of meet new people, right? Which is really important at a younger age. Uh, for networking and then also deciding what you want to do. Uh, and also from a point of view is like, I, I've, I, I've like on my podcast, I've had recruiters uh, I've spoken to recruiters before and um, you know, one guy I interviewed, uh, he started his own agency for recruiting and he was saying like uh, having a sports background or team sort of team sports background is actually a benefit because um, they like, you know, like when you're hiring somebody onto a business, right? Like they like the aspect of, you know, people that played team sports uh, you know, playing in a competitive nature. Right. So that sort of shows a bit of like, like you know they're able to play within a team you know contribute to a team and actually go hit a goal of you know let's say winning you know winning games or winning other um you know championships or whatever of that nature so uh now i want to jump to uh so you're, you're in your last year uh, high school uh choosing this course at toronto uh toronto U. so what what was the deciding factors of you going down and choosing uh the current course you're in
1: yeah that's a great question um I'd say probably the three most prestigious business programs in Canada are Ivy at Western, Queen's Commerce, and Rotman at TFT. Uh, There's also McGill and Sauder at TBC, but those were definitely my biggest indicators as to what would help me further propel in the right direction when pursuing business. And so what really made me interested in uh, University of Toronto specifically was three main reasons. The first one being location. I thought being in Toronto, uh, would be very beneficial um, having you know being close to the firms and the headquarters and the financial district mm-hmm. would allow me to network very easily go on coffee chats uh, a lot of opportunities when it comes to events um, hosting employers on campus so I thought that was a big uh, selling point the second one is obviously the international reputation that UFT has as being uh, Canada's leading school I'd also be able to gain exposure when it comes to meeting scholars and internationally if I do decide to. An expat life, I could also hone in on my academic background to further allow me to find opportunities professionally. And the third one is extracurriculars. So UFT is known for having so many different clubs as well, uh, over a thousand on St. George campus. And so that opportunity also came to show that if I do want to pursue a career in consulting, there's so much I can do on campus and get to meet meet so many people in such a large university that it would help me navigate in the right direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And those were three solid points on that. Um, And and actually, I I like how you chose that down to, you know, being in a location of Toronto, it has a huge benefit of just actually being in that location and being able to be around, you know, those businesses, like you were saying, you know, Bay Street and all those uh, type of areas Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that have, you know, high level firms that you're able to like, you know, network with, go for a coffee, having an actual, like when, when COVID wasn't a thing or after COVID, exactly. actually being able to go on a one-on-one meeting with somebody in one of those firms is actually huge. Uh, and then also talking about the extracurricular courses is, is another great asset as well. Um, so, okay, awesome. So why don't you take me through uh, your first year now at university? Uh, what did you do to sort of maximize your time uh, in your first year, did you join a lot of clubs? Did you go to networking events on campus? Uh, how did you sort of position yourself to sort of maximize your first year uh, at university?
1: For sure. So UFT does have a reputation for being very challenging academically. So I went in with a mindset that I couldn't overcommit to extracurriculars because there's a trade-off between the clubs you're in versus your grades and GPA. Um, so I was very mindful of that, especially in my first semester at UFT. Um, but that didn't deter me from joining clubs and also, you know, networking because at the end of the day, you're going into a business school. Uh, what's the point? What do you get out of it if you don't make those connections, if you don't get to meet people and learn? So um, I, I was mindful of that. And when I first started university, I did join a few clubs, uh, namely the Consulting Association, the colleges. So UFT is divided into different colleges. And I was the first year representative at, at my one, which was the Woodsworth College. Um, and that exposure allowed me to meet so many different first year students um, and really get to know students from so many different backgrounds because UFT is very international. Um, and having that opportunity really made me want to continue uh, and further join more clubs <laughs> later on. So I could say that to a certain extent I did overcommit towards the end of first year, but it was thanks to the original uh, opportunities that I had that I, I was able to see that side of university.
0: Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah. So okay, yeah, like that that was a good point. You said you you didn't overcommit to uh too many courses, right? Because it's like, you know, it's the trade-off, like you were saying, between um, you know, your, your actual university course and getting good grades in that and taking on too many of these clubs and other uh, you know, uh, other academical, you know, tasks that you'll actually have to do within within inside those clubs, right? Mm-hmm. So uh I, I actually one thing that just popped into my head quickly uh that somebody would probably want to hear was um so, actually getting into University of Toronto, we're, we're like, taking a little step back here. Uh, what courses did you take to actually get into position yourself to get into uh, that university? Um, and what can somebody do in high school to actually uh, take those courses and maximize those courses to actually get into uh, university?
1: Okay, uh, yeah, it's a good question. So, in high school, uh, the Ontario Diploma, I took all of the fundamental courses like calculus, um, advanced functions, English, those are all basic requirements. But on top of that, I also took some business courses, which helped show my interest in pursuing uh, academic studies in that area, such as um, I did financial accounting, grade 11, grade 12, I did economics, I did business leadership, I did international business. Uh, So taking that variety of courses really showed the university recruiters that it's in fact a field that I'm passionate about and want to study. So that taking courses in those areas is something I highly recommend if your school offers courses um but again uft is competitive for you to have a solid chance of getting in you are recommended to have the low 90s low to mid 90s so definitely keep that in mind when applying
0: yeah yeah 100% and i saw, and i saw that uh on your linkedin you had an average of 96 percent uh which is which is really good um so yeah so so having that that that, that's probably a, a big reason you got in uh what was there anything else that you put like with your proposal to the to the university was there anything else you added uh, to it you know besides the high school marks and the courses you were taking did you add any like you know work experience uh, or like I know you're in the junior uh, the junior league leadership or the um, that that sort of yeah junior achievements uh, what else did you sort of add on to your sort of proposal
1: to uh, the University of Toronto? Yeah so the University of Toronto and Queen's Commerce they're two programs um, that do require supplementary application and for that Uh, I had to record a video interview as well as uh, the written components. So I did touch on junior achievements. And in addition, I also came first nationally at the CPA Ontario Right to Ignite essay. Uh, That was an essay competition about cryptocurrency. And as a high schooler winning that, um, especially for a big name organization like CPA, Chartered Professional Accountants, really showed that uh, I was heading in the right direction and really making connections with people in the accounting industry in Canada. And so having that achievement, I think also helped propel me in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Uh, and somebody might be listening right now and the, and they might be being like, holy, like, holy crap. Like this guy's, you know, he has 96%, you know, he's doing all these courses, uh, which, which are like, you know, like intense, you know, and you're winning them, um, so that's probably one of the, like, that's that's a solid reason why you probably got in. Uh, but, I, but I understand that they would probably, like, even if you had low 90s, they would probably, you know, maybe let you in with the uh, alternative maybe course and stuff. So maybe somebody who's looking at you, like, doesn't have to achieve the same level of uh, – you know, the, the same level that you got, uh, to get in because they might be listening to you and being like, holy crap, this guy's like, he's crazy yeah. <laughs> with, with, with the amount of stuff he's doing. Uh, but like you were saying, it's like, if you put your, you know, like, you know, just paraphrasing here, what, what, you, you put your max into like pretty much all of this, you know, in high school and then into these courses to actually get in. Uh, so yeah, so put, putting like everything you have into getting into university, uh, is, is probably a very good idea. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so m- moving on now, um, I want to talk about, so what what have you seen and what have you done that has pushed you forward the most in your career development uh, at university or maybe outside of
1: university? That's a great question. Um, so as in career development through through opportunities or just through myself and things I've been doing? Yeah,
0: actually, yeah, no, that's a good point. Two, two points. So yeah, so uh, career opportunities and then personal development.
1: Okay, so... Um, In terms of career opportunities, this past summer, uh, I interned in a boutique private equity firm that focused on leveraged buyouts and uh, investment mandates. And so through that experience, uh, which I'm very grateful for, it happened during the pandemic. And I know the job market was rough during that time. A lot of people lost internships. My first one actually got canceled. Um, And so I was fortunate to have that experience. And it's indicated to me that there's so much I can do further down the road, whether it's finance or consulting. So to give you some context on what I did, um, I I would have often calls with M&A advisors, investment bankers, find businesses on the market, as well as some portfolio management with commercial and industrial real estate. So I did a bit of both, uh, M&A as well as portfolio management. So that experience was very versatile and I think was a stepping stone towards my passion for consulting because consulting, uh, there's a lot of different projects, very client focused and it has a good mix of hard skills and soft skills. So that is something that I've been learning recently uh, ever since my uh, summer internship started. And then from a personal side, I think uh, also reading is a big a big factor as well. Um, I highly suggest reading the book uh, from, uh, like it's called TED um, from the founder. And it showed me the importance of public speaking and selling your story. So storytelling I find is vital when it comes to interviews when it comes to finding opportunities, because at the end of the day, uh, what, if you're not selling something, you are selling yourself. And that's a mindset that I've been taking in, uh, whether if it's joining clubs, if it's meeting people and it's something to keep in mind going forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I actually love that a lot is like, yeah. Uh, maybe people don't realize is that when, when you're having these conversations, you're pretty much selling yourself and an ability to have a skill to be able to communicate that well um to an interviewer or maybe a business partner or you know let's say a client being able to you know position yourself well in that and be able to communicate well has a huge effect on whether you actually um gain gain the client right like you you can be like one of the smartest you know you can be really smart in what you're doing but if you don't know how to communicate that properly to another person then they're not going to understand you know what you know what what level of like skills and sort of you can bring to the table right
1: exactly yeah
0: so yeah, so I, I actually like that a lot. Um, so I, going back to sort of like uh, the career opportunity of getting that you know, position as a summer analyst, uh, how did you sort of prep yourself for that interview to actually win that interview?
1: Yeah, um, so going even further back, um, in September of my first year and even December, I was constantly applying to find summer internships for first year summer. And as a first year, it's very hard to find those opportunities because you don't have much experience uh, you're relative, relatively new to undergraduate studies. So it's definitely a grind to find something. Um, so I would use the Ruppin portal, U of T's portal. I would find uh, opportunities on LinkedIn, which is very useful as well. So that's how I landed my first one, which was a business development role. Uh, and for the interview process, I think it's important to know the firm, know the person that's interviewing you and finding a commonality. Um, and so that helped me you know, be successful in the first two rounds of the interview and ultimately getting the job. But more recently, because of the pandemic and because it got canceled, uh, I, I was left really rushing and trying to find something last minute. And thankfully, thankfully a friend of mine referred me to um, the managing director at the private equity firm. And so I got his email, contact information. and So I sent an email with my resume. Um, we scheduled a screening phone call, and then we had the actual interview. And for the interview, especially, um, this applies to university students as well as uh, new graduates is the commonality between you and the person that's interviewing you is the most crucial feature uh, when it comes to an interview. For example, the person that interviewed me, he was a Rotman MBA graduate uh, and I, I'm in Rotman Commerce, so I'm in the undergrad side. And so asking him about his experience and what he learned from it and the takeaways was something that we could both relate on and have a meaningful conversation about. And so finding that um, intersection between your interests and their interests, I think really plays a pivotal role in landing, you know, your dream internship. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's, and that's what I've sort of heard what, uh, from uh, like entrepreneurs and other people I've sort of listened to and interviewed uh, is that like, sort of the, like, if, if you're like very motivated, if you're a motivated person and they like you, they can train you to do whatever, you know, whatever they need you to do. Right. Like uh, if you have the skill, like if you have some of the basic skills and you're highly motivated and you're ready to get after it, um they can train you uh, to do to do that task, right? Uh, or they can get somebody else to train you to do that task. Right. But like, like you were saying is like having that commonality uh, is crucial because like, you know, when somebody, when they're interviewing you, they want to, they're thinking like, does this guy fit well on the team? Is, you know, is he going to fit well with working with, you know, let's say Jeff or, you know, uh, Sally or whatever. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, is he going to fit well in there? You know, like, do I like the, like what I want to work with this person? Right. That's, that's another thing they're thinking about. It's not just, you know, what grades you have or anything like that it's like you know what i actually enjoy working with this person do i think he would uh be a value to the team on you know like let's say the personal uh personal connective side right um so so that's awesome that you actually brought that up uh now i want to go to uh so yeah you're managing you're doing all this stuff you're managing all your sort of time um with you know between school you know uh you know these clubs and then also let's say during the summer you had uh, you had that job uh so how do you somebody might be wanting to know is like how do you stay so productive you know somebody might be listening to this and they might be like wow that seems like a lot and like how do you stay productive how do you sort of um you know manage your time and be the most efficient with your time
1: yeah that's a really good question that i personally am still learning how <laughs> to fully be productive and fully manage my time well um, COVID-19 has definitely been a setback, uh, not just for me, but for all students uh, when it comes to learning virtually, doing everything online. And with that also comes an opportunity, which is the amount of things you can get involved with, um, taking more time for introspection and really knowing what your purpose is. So that's something I've been taking the time to also figure out. Uh, But to answer your question when it comes to managing your time and being productive, I think, prioritizing certain things is very important at the right time um, I know a lot of people tend to say oh have a strict planner do this do that during the day that's not exactly my mindset the way I see it is no have an idea of what you want to do but in the moment f- prioritize what you know you will get done and what you think is necessary for you to be um, more prepared for tomorrow if that makes sense so I, I kind of go in with an open mind each day and I have an idea of what I want to do but not the time slots. And depending on my mood and just how productive I'm feeling specifically, then I'll allocate the right resources and time uh, to devote to those certain tasks at hand. Yeah,
0: so yeah. I mean. yeah, 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 100%. So uh, one thing I've noticed and I use a lot is, uh, is a calendar, like, like actually scheduling things into your calendar is a huge benefit, writing things down like a to-do list and also getting things out of your head, right? You might have a lot of thoughts of like, hey, I need to do this, I need to do that. Uh, and that takes up a lot of energy and it can actually stress you and sort of bring down your productivity because you're, you're taking mental power to hold all these things in your head. So what I do is when I feel like that, I pretty much just like regurgitate, like pretty much just vomit that all, (laughs) all into a piece of paper. Right. And just like write it all down. um, and and just have that all down. And then I can, i then my brain's like more calm. Right. Mm Uh, so like, do do you actually use any of those skills? Uh, like in the morning, do you actually like write down? What you're doing it. Cause like, I know for myself is like some days, you know, you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel the most productive and you don't feel like getting some stuff done. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty much what I'll do is for my podcast, right. is like, what's the minimum I need to do to keep moving forward. Right. To keep pushing that bar forward. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then like, what are the most important to keep moving that bar forward? And then I do that. And then if I have like extra, you know, if I get like, while I'm doing it, I have an extra boost and I get excited. Then it's like, okay, let's, what, what other goals can I hit? Um, because you know, you like seven days a week, you're not going to feel like you're not going to jump out of bed at like 4:30 in the morning or <laughs> something like that. Or, uh, you know, like feeling like you're going to go, you know, do all this crazy stuff. It's like majority of time is like people. And that's what I've sort of heard from other entrepreneurs is like, you know, you, that's just something you manage, right? It's like, you're going to go through phases of like, you know, you're going to three, four days of being really into like a flow state. And then, you know, you might have three, four days of being out of that flow state, but, you know, being consistent and pushing, um, one thing that I've learned is like being consistent and pushing your pushing your whatever you're doing slowly forward has a snowball effect, right? So yeah. if you're just being consistent and you're just like, even if you're doing the minimum at some points, that's still better than doing nothing.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I think you touched a good point, Max. When uh, you have a lot of thoughts in mind, and just writing them down kind of helps clear your mind. And I tend to do that actually not in the morning, but at night. I realize that sometimes before I go to sleep, there's a few things that, I wish I'd gotten done or that I don't want to forget the following day. So having a notebook next to you and just a pen, just like write everything down, then you can, you know, go safely to sleep. And something that's important too is there's this common misconception that in university you have to pull all-nighters to do well uh, and to get good grades. I noticed quite the opposite. I think students that sleep the most, at least eight to nine hours a day, uh, tend to do best on tests because... They feel more resilient. They're in greater control of themselves. And I noticed for myself that really did play a key role in in doing well academically and managing my time. Uh, So when I talk about productivity, I don't mean going all out every day uh, and not sleeping. I think it's knowing exactly how much you have to do uh, and get done in order to maximize uh, the time you have that you're awake. So that's uh, an important distinction I want to make.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I agree with that. Is actually making sure that you're getting enough sleep. Cause like, if you're not sleeping that much, that's just going to cause you to burn out really quickly. Exactly. Like if you're not sleeping, like it just, it like literally makes everything harder. You know, like when you're, when you, like, let's say if you're trying to learn something new, it's harder to retain it. You know, it's harder to remember it because your body's like sleep is one of the best things to actually that I've sort of experienced in my own life is of pushing the bar forward is if you're getting good sleep. Uh, you're going to be in a better mood, which is going to affect the work that you're doing and you're going to be able to focus better. So uh, I want to talk a bit about, uh, so let's talk a bit about burnout and and, like, did you, have you had any burnout um, at university? Cause you know, you're, you're doing a lot of stuff like, and that's amazing. Like, you know, you're managing all this time. It's probably very, very stressful to go to do all this. Uh, Have you had any burnout and how did you sort of manage that in university?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, um, and I think it requires a lot of self-awareness that I've also been trying to develop, and it's, it's easier to look back on something and tell yourself that, oh, you did burn out, rather than in the moments when you feel like you're perfectly fine, but you might be burning out. Uh, so looking back in my experience, I would say that I've never really had a, like an actual burnout. Um, obviously, I have my highs and lows when it comes to stress and being overwhelmed, and so when I am at those peaks, usually during exam season or during like intensive recruitment cycles, what I tried to do is you know, remain optimistic and positive uh, and know that you know, if, if you're in this situation, like two months down the road, you're gonna look back at it and find it kind of insignificant and not as stressful as you did at the moment. So I tried to you know, make everything relative to my overall state And I think that definitely helps, um, you know, minimize my emotions and the way I approach and see things. So that's definitely, uh, it really comes down to like these mental games you play with yourself and having the right mindset and mentality when it comes to feeling overwhelmed and anxious is the best way to be resilient and move on and keep going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And that's what I've experienced in my, you know, myself is managing like, you know, why, why am I feeling overstressed or why? Like asking those questions to yourself. It's like, why am I feeling overstressed now? You know, is it like, you know, cause the majority of time it's like, it's not really stressful um, what you're going to be doing, right? Like the majority of time, it's not really stressful. You just make it stressful. And then you look back at it. Like if if people can probably relate, Like When you get your driver's license, you know when you're going you know the first time you're driving it's extremely stressful you know you're going you're, you're going on your test extremely stressful and then you know let's say you get your g2 or your g and then literally you know three to four like three to four, like not even that like maybe like two to three weeks later you know, you're just like, you're very relaxed. And it's just like second, second nature to be driving down the road and all that sort of stuff. Right. So in the time, like you were saying, it's like, it can be very stressful. But when you look back on it, you're like, actually, that wasn't as stressful. I just made it more stressful for myself, because I put more pressure
1: than actually needed on myself to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and even in that specific point in time, when you are feeling stressed, um, like you said, really write down the root cause and what is making you feel that way. And once you read it, especially if you put it on paper, or if you record yourself saying it you will definitely realize that you're probably overestimating just how significant it is and keeping things in perspective, as I mentioned, I think it really helps alleviate that burden you put on yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And that's a great point is actually yeah, writing it down and then looking at it because let's say if you're really nervous to reach out to that person in your network or, or for a job interview or something like that, Uh, And you're like, this is actually not that stressful. Like I I, like you actually do the majority of like the tasks that you'll actually be doing in that interview or reaching out to people. You've already done it before, right? You've sent an email before, you know, you've been on an interview before, you know, you've talked to other people before. It's like, it's the exact same thing. It's just you get in your own mind. And I, and I I do that is like you get in your own mind and you make it a lot more stressful than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. um so now I want to jump to uh sort of like what 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 are your sort of thoughts for like the future right you're in your second year uh have you thought about you know maybe after you know pursuing an MBA or you know starting into uh starting straight into work or maybe you know starting your own business uh what 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 is your sort of thought process in in the current moment
1: yeah that's a great question um also something I'm figuring out uh, as long as I continue my studies but as as of now I think uh, I am interested in pursuing the an actual job once I graduate and maybe pursuing a master's later on a few years down the road uh, but for now career in consulting appeals to me the most for the reasons i previously stated um, and yeah it's something that I, I've been figuring out lately um, and what really helps is going on these coffee chats getting to meet people and asking them what, what their experience was, what, uh, was like why consulting how is it like to work at their firm their corporate culture and I think asking these important questions really help filter out what you want to do and what you don't want to do Um, and so that's something i recommend for all uh, students whether you're in high school or in university but especially those in university that are looking for internships and potentially a full-time job after so yeah right now um, I, i say that's my goal and in general i consider myself to be quite entrepreneurial so who knows maybe later on in my career i might realize and have an epiphany that i want to start my own consulting firm or i want to create a project with global clients and pursue this specific social impact project that that I care about. So I'm still not sure. And I think it's important to be open-minded. No one knows exactly what they want to do. They can tell themselves, oh, I want to do investment banking. I want to do these M&A models for the rest of my life. But a few years down the road, you're probably going to realize, no, maybe that really isn't for me. So being open-minded and leaving your options open uh, to a certain extent, I think is important uh, as of now uh, in university. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, 100%. And, and, and I like that a lot is like, you know, like, I, I can relate that in my own experience. When I joined the Army, uh, I wanted to join the Army since like six to six or seven years old, right? And I mm-hmm. thought I was going to be doing that for 25 years, a year, like for 25 years a year and a half later in the army, I was like, actually, you know what, I'm uh, more interested in business. And then, you know, I went through not, like a whole route into business, and then into real estate. And then I found out about, you know, social media and communications with podcasts. And I'm loving that right now. And it's such an enjoyable thing. But you know, in the future, I might be like, you know what, I want to jump back to this or that or, and there's nothing wrong with changing your
1: mind, right? Uh, right. There's really nothing wrong with doing that. Um, and from your experience, was there something in particular that made you decide to do real estate and you know uh not discontinue from being in the army like was it a moment in time or just a general perception yeah
0: so w- w- when i was in the army um i i loved every second of it like pretty much uh w- so when i was in the army i i loved it like you know you were getting like you'd be getting paid uh i think like uh, the payment over there i think it was like once some like you became paid month, not biweekly um and to be honest like I wasn't even looking like the money didn't really matter anything to me because I wasn't really spending it on anything like I I had nothing really to spend it on all the expenses were like in the army right you have like your food and all that sort of is like super super cheap so I literally had no expenses um and I and I loved it and I and I wasn't really focused on the money side of it so and then what happened was I sort of started to realize that I actually started to not enjoy it and the money started to matter more than the actual work I was doing, uh, which I was like, that sort of trip sort of tripped something in my head was like, why am I like, why am I getting anxious and excited for getting this money in, uh, for no, like my expenses hadn't changed at all. I was like, why, why is this money starting to matter when it didn't matter before? Right. Like I loved what I was doing. Uh, and that sort of like, um, sort of started to me to realize, like, is this like something I want to do for four years? Uh, you know, am I going to, am I going to enjoy this for four years? Um, and that sort of like brought me down to a process of like sort of understanding, like, uh, you know, maybe is there, is there another path I sort of want to go on? And, and that, that took actually a, 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 a lot of time to sort of figure that out, right? Because it's like beforehand, it's like, that's what I want to do was like the military, right? And then, you know, when I decided that actually I don't want to do the military anymore, I still love uh, the military and I still love, you know, speaking to the people that are in the military. I've had, you know, ex-military uh, guys on the show uh, and I still love all that um, sort of nature of it and stuff. But uh, I was like, you know, maybe maybe it's time to sort of leave. And if I want to come back, but experience something else, because, you know, I, I joined the military like I joined the British Army at, you know, at uh, 17 years old. Right. So like, I haven't really had any other experience about anything else. So how like taking that time to actually go and taste different things was a huge. Um, and yeah, that, 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 that was sort of the reason was I, I started to realize that I wasn't, enjoying the, I, I wasn't enjoying the process of the work that I was doing. And when you don't enjoy the process of the work you're doing, I sort of find in my own sort of like this, or sort of my own perspective is that your work is gonna suffer because you're not gonna be able to do it to the, the best of your ability. Um, and you know, you're going to, you're, you're not you're, like your life, you're, like your life uh, and mental state is going to suffer because you're just not enjoying the major like, like work takes up the majority of your life, right? Like whatever job you choose is going to actually take up the majority of your life. And if you don't enjoy that, then, you know, that's going to affect the other parts of your life as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And I think it also requires you to understand your own motivations as well, um, to make such, you know, dramatic switch. Uh, and even now, like with, with this podcast, don't you feel, um, some sort of pressure to go to a more conventional job not knowing what's going to happen a few years down the road
0: yeah so uh that 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 is um that is something like you know uh, when i talk to some people some people are like uh it, it depends like they're like oh you know you should go you know get a job at like uh let's say like back in real estate or something like that or maybe at a, a different firm or somewhere you know you get, get a job somewhere right uh, where it's like safe and you know all that sort of stuff. Like I, I, I very rarely hit that uh, from other people, and I sort of I, I very rarely I get that, just because I think uh, society's more open to the idea of you know, like YouTube and podcasting and being you know let's say a s- social media influencer or doing like this other crazy stuff like being a comedian or going to arts uh, or being like a freelancer is like an actual job role, right? Mm-hmm. And and I sort of find too is like. Um, let's say if you're facing pressure from your parents um, the weird thing I've, I've sort of seen is that like as soon as like let's say if you move out you don't really have that pressure anymore like they they don't really care what you do as, as long as like you know it, like so I mean if, if you move out and you're doing freelance majority of the time like I, I like this is from like just like sort of like my point of view is like um, they, they sort of stop really caring because you're sort of like not in their vicinity anymore <laughs> uh, so they're not like they're not like oh you know maybe you should get a job in this or maybe you should get a job in that it's like you know, like you've sort of proven already that you're able to move out and, and, and do something. Right. So like, ha, like say, and then at that point, it doesn't really matter of what you do. Right. Like, let's say if you want to do stand-up comedy and you're like, you know, you go out and do stand up comedy, maybe you're not making, you know, $40,000 a year or $30,000 a year uh, or with whatever else. Right. Um, but yeah, so for, sort of to digress. Um, yeah. So for, from my experiences that like, I, I haven't really faced it too much. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it's your life, right? Like, why are you going to listen? Like, I, I, like a big thing I look at is, um, I would rather make my own decisions and fall sort of fall on my own sword as you would like, you know, I'd rather like somebody might say, oh, you know, you can do this. Uh, and this is, you know, you're going to make ton- like, you're going to make a lot more money than what you're doing now. Right. Uh. And you know, it's going to be better or like whatever they're going to say. It's like, oh, it's going to be better or whatever. But um, I I sort of like to make my own decisions. And if I fail, that's my own decision, right? I don't like to fail off other people's decisions because then I'm like, why did I listen to that person? Right. And it just creates a bad effect. Like if I fail, it's my failure. Right. And I I understand it. It's like, you know, it's a failure. It's part of the process. It's part of life. You move on, you move forward.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Take responsibility for your own actions. and Yeah.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, I know we're coming to the end here. Uh, so where can people actually find out more about you if they want to reach out to you and talk to you about, you know, like you, what we discussed in this uh, podcast in more detail.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm very happy to connect with anyone, uh, on my LinkedIn, just search up John Costa, feel free to connect with me, message me there. Uh, you can also email me uh, at john.costa at mail.tutoronto.ca. Um, again, I'm more than happy to help anyone where I can as uh, more specifically, like when it comes to university, maybe recruitment, um, just anything that you think I could be of help.
0: Okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, th- thank you again, John, for uh, coming on the show. It's been amazing speaking with you.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, Max. Likewise.